Hollister and Wilder here for the 2021 Academy Awards. We're going to do a short every year now on the Academy Awards, hopefully keeping it under a half hour. Good luck to us for that. We have to do that. We have to do that because that's what everybody wants. So it's the 2021 Academy Awards. And once again, they are not going to be meeting in person, which definitely affects the entire vision. But one of the things that we're reading is that that they're very concerned that it will be watched by such a small number of people that slowly it's diminishing the effect and the proudness of the Academy Awards, which is fine by me, if you ask me. It's way too male-based anyway. But before we get started, a couple things. Now, Val, who's with Screen Thoughts, and she does a lot more on social media. She doesn't ever show up here. And she is all about the awards. That's her main focus. She works for it all year. And she puts out a sheet that you can fill out. It's called her Oscar pool. It's on our Facebook page, and it is pinned to the top. So all you have to do is click the link, and you can go ahead and make your entries for your ideas for Best Picture and stuff. And then she sends out the results. And I am proud to say that I'm usually in the bottom two out of maybe 50 people. What's the prize? Well, the prize is winning. Oh, yeah, I want to take people's money. I can tell you that, you know, we all know that Wilder's a, a millennial. And so <laughs> not everybody gets a blue ribbon, you know. It's like, this is what it is. But at any rate, please go to our Facebook page and we'll put the link also in this podcast description. So you can go and you can place your bets. But she is always at the top, like whether it's Golden Globes or it doesn't matter what the award is. She's always at the top of the plane, Val. And so I asked her to send something that we could quickly read, giving her thoughts on the nomination. So this is from Val. Thanks, Val, for sending it. Okay, here's her commentary. Well, even though I'd love to see Glenn Close finally get her first long-awaited Oscar, I wouldn't mind if she lost because I'd much rather see her win in front of a live audience because the crowd will go wild, giving her a long, well-deserved standing ovation. Guess she likes Glenn Close. Actress in a leading role is really a tough pick because they are all worthy, each given great performances. It's hard to call, even though I'd love to see Carrie Mulligan win. By the way, she's my choice too. If I'm honest, I think Andra Day gave the most challenging performance for the United States versus Billie Holiday. This was her first starring role, and a lot of the scenes they threw at her were really emotional and difficult for any actress, let alone someone who was new to acting. I came away quite impressed. Who knows? She might just pull an upset and get the Oscar. It wouldn't surprise me if she did. If I could pick another person to be in the best actress field, I think it would be Elizabeth Moss who gave a really solid performance in The Invisible Man. Did you see that, Walder? Yeah, I loved it. She was great. So she wasn't nominated though, right? No, it's not a great movie. I mean, it's a good movie, but it's not It's not an Oscar movie. Um, it was pretty physical too. I think that that was one of the last movies to have a theatrical run yeah. just before COVID hit. And it really did well in the box office. Nomadland should come away with a bunch of awards, even though the films of 2020 couldn't get their normal theatrical runs. It's still interesting how many smaller or quieter films were nominated for Best Picture, like Minari, Nomadland, and Sound of Metal. So it's refreshing to see that. Okay, that was her take, but we're gonna go ahead and get started. So what should we start with? Where do you wanna begin, Wilder? You're gonna lead this one more than me, that's for sure. Oh, I like working my way up. So, you know, starting with, well, there's two categories for screenplay. There's adapted and then there's original. So should we start with adapted screenplay? Well, I only have a comment on the original, but adapted, yeah, let's go for it. So our contenders are Borat's subsequent movie film, though I'm curious what it's adapted from. 
The Father, which was adapted from a play. Nomadland, I'm curious what that was adapted from. One Night in Miami, which was also a play. And The White Tiger, which I didn't see. Nomadland was adapted from a book by the woman who is portrayed in Nomadland. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's her story. What's your pick for best adapted or do you not have one for this? Well, I'm torn between The Father and Nomadland. And I, by the way, I think both were really well written. So that's where I'm sitting. Where are you? I think for this one, I'd pick The Father just because of how they adapted it. It's a very interesting adaptation for a play. It's really confusing. It really puts you right inside the mind of someone struggling with dementia or with Alzheimer's. And I think that was really impressive. I loved Nomadland, but I I don't know that its strength was its uh, screenplay. Well, interesting. You know how I feel about the Academy Awards. I'm just going to say it once, although I could say it every five minutes for sure, but we don't have time. And that is that it's a male-dominated group of people making nominations that over time have really hurt women in film because that's what people go see. Everybody's pushing for it. So I'm not a, I'm not a proponent of it. And I have a hard time because I know which ones I think probably will win, not to be confused with those that should win or should have been nominated. So what do you think's missing from this best adapted screenplay? I mean, there's one movie that should win and it's not in here. Which one's that? Ma Rainey? Yes. Yeah. I mean, how, how dare they put in the father or the white tiger and leave out Ma Rainey? And it's because, you know what? You said it in our last podcast, and that is, and I always forget the people voting for this set of nominations is what group? Well, no, that's actually not true. Each nomination, each group of nominees is by the people who belong to that group. So screenplay would be writers. Right. But yes, it is mostly men. Okay. It's mostly men. And Ma Rainey was not, it had, there's no business putting these four nominations up there and not having Ma Rainey in there. I think that's a good point. Yep. Yeah. Okay, moving around to... Original screenplay. Well, you know who I'm going to pick. My very famous writer of all time for my generation is Aaron Sorkin. You think that's the best script this year? I'll tell you why I do. Normally, I would say no. It's very hard to write a script for a courtroom because mm-hmm. nobody's physically moving. So his back and forth in and out of that courtroom to make sure you didn't get bored with the courtroom scenes, which really take the predominant role in the film. Yeah. I think the juxtaposition of his ability to go in and out of that, I thought was genius to say nothing of the fact that the man went through a couple hundred thousand pages of documents from the court, you know, which lasted what, 60 days or so? I can't remember. So I feel like the effort that went into it, the degree of difficulty and everything else I didn't give him screenwriter for anything else he's done, actually, in my humble opinion. But on this one, I think he deserves it, and that's why. All right. I think that's... You're going to go Minari, right? I'm actually not. Oh, my God. All right, wait. Let me have a second guess. Huh. Wow. Promising Young Woman? Nope. Oh, what? Judas and the Black Messiah. Wow. Okay. I was so moved by that movie. It's such a difficult story to tell. I think how they approached it with the dual perspectives between Bill and Fred, it's heartbreaking. It's beautiful. The way that they humanized Bill and showed you what a difficult position he was in, but also the ending breaks your heart. And if you know history, you know it's coming, but I'm not going to spoil it. I thought they pushed 
all the limits there. And they, they really sucked you in in a way that made all of these very human, very tragic figures real to any audience. And they, they are real. They're real people. And, and you felt their pain. You felt their struggle. Got it. Absolutely got it. So I'm going with Trial of Chicago 7. You're going with Judas. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the one that will win is Minari. I mean, they're all actually fantastic. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with what wins. And to my mind, Minari wins because it's already won a lot. Secondly, it was the darling of the Academy. And because it's he's Asian. And right now, I think Asia is at the top of the hit parade. So the entire Academy votes on who wins. Therefore, everybody's going to have that in their mind and they're going to want to give it to him. So in, uh, my prediction as we're doing this is that Minari will win, but it doesn't deserve to. I don't know that it doesn't deserve to. I think each of these, I could make a case for each of these nominees winning and why. I think this year was, as weird as this year was, I think all the nominees are incredibly strong. What is missing from this, and what I don't understand why it's missing, is Mank. And I understand that it's, you know, a white man, and that's fine. But that screenplay was unbelievable. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, it also got a bunch of other nominations. It got a lot of other nods, which would put it, you know, you're right. I mean, again, none of this makes sense, but that's a good one. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, we move to Best Actress in a Supporting Role. All right, our nominees here are Maria Bakalova for Borat Subsequent Movie Film, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman for The Father, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and Yu Jung Yoon for Minari. Okay. What's your pick? I, you know, I'm 67 years old. Glenn Close has never won. I thought she was amazing in that film. I go with her. But that movie's just not good. Uh, you know what? In, the, in your humble opinion, the movie's <laughs> not good. And secondly, I thought the movie was really good. Uh, and so, But I also thought her performance was, I thought it was courageous. I thought it was, you know, made her vulnerable and without any pride whatsoever. I thought it was, I thought she did a really good job. I mean, I think Glenn Close could paint a room and I'd give her an Oscar for it because she's amazing. But I think that movie is so self-involved. I think it's not up for anything else for a reason. My pick here is Yu Jung Yoon for Minari. Uh, I think she stole the film. I think she brought a life to... You know, throughout the movie, her grandson is complaining that she's not a real grandma because she doesn't bake cookies and, you know, she doesn't read stories. And I, my fiance and I were watching it and we were like, that grandma's fucking awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I want that she teaches yeah. about a gamble. Like, yeah, no, I get it. Wrestling, like, and then, you know, her turn in, in the film is heartbreaking and beautiful and and sad but it also brings the whole family you know what i would not be sad if she wins yeah i think she deserves it yeah um okay best actor in a supporting role all right we've got sasha baron cohen for the trial of chicago seven daniel kaluuya and judas and the black messiah leslie odom jr for one night in miami paul racy for sound of metal and lakeith stanfield for judas and the black messiah now, before we do our picks, there's been a lot written about Lakeith and Daniel having to compete against each other when both performances were so strong that you know one should have been moved up to best actor. Mm-hmm. And what's your thought on that? I mean, I think that's the strength of the movie is that they support each other in it. Really? So I, yeah. I agree that they are both supporting roles because 
it's not either of their films singularly. So who are you giving it to? Oh, I, this one's really hard for me. I think I'd probably pick Lakeith, but I also want to give an honorary mention to Paul Racy out of Sound of Metal. Wow. He, he um, the amount of work that went into that movie is pretty incredible. And being a deaf actor and his emotionality in the movie is just, it's beautiful. He's the support. He's the pillar of it. I mean, like Keith's arc in Judas and the Black Messiah is just, it's tough to compete with. You know, I felt that um, I understand totally what you're saying about Paul. And again, degree of difficulty always matters to me in any in any um, Academy Award nomination. But I felt that the degree of difficulty was based on the challenge that he has being a deaf actor rather than the part itself. And so I I gave it to Sasha Baron Cohen. You know. Of course you did. <laughs> no, but you know, he, I think the degree of difficulty in that was tremendous. I think Sasha Baron Cohen had to come out of a skin that he's been living in forever to do it. And I thought, I thought he was a standout performance and, you know, he's sitting down probably 70% of when we see him, he's sitting in a chair. You think his performance is harder than Daniel Kaluuya or Lakeith Stanfield's? Um, well, I, I think it's differently hard. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Mm, I disagree with that. I think Sasha did a great job and I love that we get to see him as a real actor in this. Right, ex- exactly. And I, I adored him as Abby Hoffman, but I think the degree of difficulty for Lakeith and Daniels is far. You could be right on that, but I also feel that I think in the first half of the movie, I went back and rewatched the trial of the Chicago 7 because I'd watched it so much earlier in the year last year and I couldn't really judge based on my total bias toward Aaron Sorkin. But I think in the first half of the movie, I counted, I don't know, 10 cutaways to him sitting in the chair in the courtroom. And each one he played totally differently. And I understood exactly what was going on. I think it's really hard to do without words. And so I give him that. So anyway, I'm going with Sasha. Um, Who do you think is going to win? I don't know. Um, I think that's a tough one. I think Daniel might take it. I was going to say, I think it's going to be one of the two Judas and the Black Messiah group. I don't know which one. I mean, Daniel's British, which you'd never know. And his depiction, his speeches are spot on for Fred Hampton. That's not an easy role to take because the way that Fred speaks, it's so fast. His words are mumbled, but it's so effective. And he was really able to capture that. And I I think the the Academy might, might reward that walking. I hope they do. Um, he certainly deserves it, even though he's not my pick. Right. Okay, best actress in a leading role. All right, we've got Viola Davis from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andra Day for The United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. I wanted to start this category by saying, well done all. Mm-hmm. You know, well done all, I'm proud to be a woman. When I look at this collection of performances, I thought it was stellar. Each one separately different, but fabulous. I think that it was hard for me because we're all biased by our own desires and you know a window of ourselves and a window into that which we aspire to be. And for me, Carrie Mulligan, I was so angry watching that and so happy to see that story told yeah. that it definitely biased me toward leaning toward her for best actor. We should say actor because that's really what they are. But 
Mm-hmm. So I, I was biased toward Carrie Mulligan, but I also think Viola Davis. I just think it was an unbelievably stellar performance. So I can't pick between the two. Yeah, I think I'd go with Viola Davis in this one. Well, this is the first time we're picking the same. I know. I, I thought Carrie was great, but if we're going on degree of difficulty, I do think yeah. Viola takes it. But every, you know, the Andra Day is the like, the darling of maybe she'll make it, you know? So she yeah. could pull out of this. She could pull it out. Yeah. That movie's not good though. I'm sorry. It's just not. A lot of not good movies have produced best actress. This is true. She's very good in it. Let me. Julia Roberts. Do we need to go there again? uh, Yeah, this is just, it's a poorly structured film. It's all over the place. The narrative doesn't really sing through, pun unintended. She is great in it. I was struck by her performance, but I, I think it's hard for me to reward a great performance when I can't stick with the film. Right. I think Frances is probably going to win. I think she's the darling of the Academy, but we'll see. I don't, I don't know that she wins. I think she got it for three billboards. Um, and while she's fantastic in Nomadland, and I, I wouldn't be upset if she did win because I, I do think she's great. I think she's gotten her Oscar and this year's... Hasn't she gotten two? She's gotten two, yeah. Fargo, um, yeah. I, I think it's a diverse field this year. I don't know that her performance is far and away so much better than everybody else's. That they but everybody have. loved that film. That film is a sleeper that everybody loved. But anyway, moving along, best actor. Actor in a leading role. We've got Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Stephen Yun for Minari. Okay, in my opinion, <laughs> um, when you have died, Yes. You know, may you rest in peace, Chadwick. And I'm so sorry. What an amazing career. And you went way too soon. He's going to win. Do you think he should win? It's hard to, again, it's hard to separate out that kind of situation. But the other person who might win is Stephen Yoon. Interesting. My pick is actually Riz Ahmed. Hmm. I thought he was brilliant in that movie. I think that... He was, he was. But again, I don't know that that movie... I don't know. Maybe this is, I'm going, I'm going to throw in your face your thing of the movie did not generate the worth that is needed to put forth a best actor. Oh, I thought, I thought this one did. This movie kept me engaged throughout the entirety of it. A lot of that has to do with the sound editing, which I'm sure it'll carry all those as well. But Riz is astounding in it. Um, His ability to carry on this journey. But I also, I, it's a coin toss for me because Chadwick was also incredible in Ma Rainey. So I think we should reward Chadwick for a very too short lifetime of work. I think he absolutely deserves the award. The other deserving contender, I think, is Riz. Cool. Director. So this is an interesting one because you've got Tomas Vinterberg for another round, which is not nominated for like anything else. Anything else, yeah. In fact, I hadn't seen it. So I had to go see it just for this one thing so we could talk about it. It's like, hello. Yeah, I really liked Amos, but I thought that was an interesting choice. David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, and Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. So this is the most diverse director's pool that's ever been in the Academy history. So who's your pick? Well, here's my problem. Like Nomadland, I think best cinematographer... I mean, I thought it was shot beautifully. And yes, the director has something to do with that, but I thought it was much more the camera's eye. 
So I had a hard time with that. And I think I have to go with Promising Young Woman. I think the way it was directed was stellar. And maybe the script was built for a director to do a standout job, but- Well, she wrote it also, so. I know, it, that, well, I was just gonna say, and maybe that's because when you write it and you already have your idea of what it should look like, I think it's always better when the direct, we've t- I've talked about this with O'Toole, when the director is also the writer, it is easier. And by the way, that happened with Sorkin. You know, he finally directed, and by the time he directed, he already knows exactly what he wants that scene to look like anyway. So, but I do think Promising Young Woman, I'm going to give it to, even though I don't think it will win. I think Mank or Minari will win, but I'm going to give it to what I think is the best, which is Promising Young Woman. All right. Well, my pick would be Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. I think she does something really interesting with these non-acting members of her cast. They used a lot of real nomad people in the film to play themselves. So a lot of the extras were actually living out of their cars and- Not just extras, like main characters in film are true nomads. And that's part of Chloe's style. Um, And I think she's evolved as a director in a real way. It didn't really connect with me in her first film. I understood what she was trying to do and I thought the movie was effective, but I think Nomadland did a beautiful job of really telling the story of America in the after effects of the fallout of 2008. And I think that's all down to her and her pacing and how she chose to tell this story. And not that it's hard to get a great performance out of Frances McDormand, but this is definitely something different than I've ever seen Frances do before. And I loved every moment of it, even though it's heartbreaking, even though it's a tough watch, I thought she did a beautiful job. I, I thought it was too slow. I thought they should have cut a half hour out of it. Ah, uh, I love a slow burn. I love a slow burn that knows what it's doing and why it's doing it. And maybe that's true, but it was like, you know, my time is valuable and it's enough already. I get what it looks like when you're living out of your car and you're in the middle of the desert looking at the sunset. I get that. It's the same story. I think maybe you missed the beauty in that. <laughs> Maybe. By the way, that's one of the ones that, by the way, I think was probably diminished by the small screen that we had to watch it on. That would have been, I think I would have had a much more enormous response to it had I seen it on a large screen. I figured out what I need to get you for your birthday. A big screen? A much bigger television. That's what I'm saying. You know, you're welcome to send it. It will be well received. All right. And last but not, certainly not least, best picture. Before we get to listing them off, they're allowed, you know, it used to be there were four or five best pictures. Then they moved it up. They could nominate 10. This year, they happened to nominate eight. And the fact that Ma Rainey's not there means I don't even think we should talk about it. (laughs) Not because I thought it should win, but because how can you get this many nominations and not be nominated? It doesn't make any sense. So I mean, I also find it interesting that another round is up for best director, but not up for best picture or anything else. Uh, well, that's it's not up for best screenplay. Like this I know, it's here. crazy. Yeah. Um, so why don't, why don't we go through the best picture? And by the way, I think eight for best pictures too many. It makes it very hard to have a true vote that says this really won because the votes, you know, start to get diluted by the fact that there's eight in the in the field. You know, I I don't mind that they opened it up. I think it does give a lot more opportunity for films that wouldn't normally be considered up for best picture. Mm -hmm. You know, I wonder if without it, if Parasite would be what it became. So I don't mind it so much, especially when you get, you know, sleepers 
like Nomadland, like Minari up in here, a sound of metal up in here that that really I think deserve the opportunity to be seen. No, everybody's saying that there were a lot of movies because of COVID that are sitting in nomination status because a lot of things didn't come up. Spielberg's West Side Story, which is being touted as a true genius production, was supposed to come out in November. There were a lot of things that were postponed to 2021. But why don't we list them off? All right, we've got The Father. Yeah, sit back, wait, everybody sit back in your chair and get a drink because it takes a long time to list off eight friggin' Don't nominations. Take that long. <laughs> We've got to work on work on your patience if you're going to be reviewing <laughs> movies. Jeez Louise. Um, all right, for best picture, we've got The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. That took like 10 seconds. So make your pick. Uh, I'm choosing Nomadland. You are. Yeah. You really loved that film. I really did. I really loved Mank as well. I truly liked all of these movies. Promising Young Woman really hit me. Everybody should see that movie. It's fantastic. Carrie Mulligan's great. We should talk about the ending at some point because people have varied opinions on it. I thought it was fantastic. The Father, I was blown away by. It wasn't anything I expected. I didn't know the play. Judas and the Black Messiah, I thought was fantastic. Minari, I was incredibly touched by Sound of Metal. I was like depressed and sad, but also happy at the end of that. Trial of the Chicago 7, I enjoyed the crap out of because it's Aaron and he knows how to make you feel good at the end of a film. So I thought this year I was surprised because going into it, I hadn't heard of so many of these and I hadn't heard much about so many of these, but I think Nomadland takes the cake for me. You know, I'm going to go with either Minari or this trial of the Chicago 7. <laughs> Not because of Sorkin. And actually, I don't really think it should be. What I'm saying is the one I think is going to win is one of those two. Because I think this is a year of politics. And both of those are so politically charged that I'm going to go with the two of them. Be It could be one or the other. And I think it'll be Minari. That's interesting because I think Judas and the Black Messiah is really political. I think Mank is also incredibly political. So is Nomad. Yeah, but Judas and the Black Messiah, she didn't get nominated for Best Director. Yeah, that's interesting to me because I, I actually thought that movie was really well done. Yeah, and I don't I feel what that means is the male-dominated academy that I, I have such disdain for, I don't think they'll give it to her for that reason. I, I just, I think they- Oh, I don't think it's going to win. I'm just saying talking about- no, it, it is political, but that's why I didn't include it. Do you mean it. political, so, like about politics in the world? I think it, it's a topic about? that's, a, no, it's a topic that is part of our time and it's on the uppermost of people's minds. So I think- I'd Well, be like, I, I don't think you could pick a more timely movie than Judas then. Right, but because of what they did to Regis King, I just don't think- right. she's yeah. I mean, again, I'm not picking my own. I don't have a favorite in this group. I would have, again, it would have been my rainy for me. So I can't look yeah. at it without that jaded thing of what the hell is wrong with you people, you know? Yeah. No, I, I get that. I'll be curious to see how this year goes. I actually spoke to a friend who happens to be a guy, happens to be a white guy in his 60s. And he said, I had trouble with my rainy. I just can't look at a woman who looks like that for very long. And I said, I'm hanging up now. You'll apologize to me next week. Goodbye. <laughs> I am putting that out there because it's true. There's a bias there where they didn't like the film because they don't want to look at somebody like that. They don't want to look at it. Do you remember the review of uh, Promising Young Woman? Well, that was 
the other one where the same guy was like, I can't watch this. Are you kidding? I said, why do you belong in it? Well, <laughs> you know, like, the, there was hello. a viewer who got ripped apart because he said that he didn't believe that she was attractive enough to pull off the role. Oh, there were a number of people who were surprised by her choice. Which, by the way, she's stunning, so shut the hell up. Not only that, you know, what an amazing performance, you know. And it wasn't about her beauty anyway, idiot, you know. I mean, hello, it was just, the whole thing just makes me angry. So anyway, that's... That's where what I think where I think we are, and I don't think promising young woman had a chance in hell of winning much of anything. I think you're probably right. I do think everyone should see it though. It's it's entertaining as hell. You will enjoy the ride, but it's also it's about something. It's worth the watch. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. We'd love to hear your comments and what you think. Was there anything that wasn't nominated, Wilder, that you thought should have been Palm Springs? <laughs> Oh, really? I loved Palm Springs. Okay. That movie didn't get any notice and it's fantastic. And I know that it's a comedy and comedies never get nominated for anything, but that movie was like probably my favorite of last year. And also First Cow. I don't understand why First Cow is not on any of this. It's too clever by half. That's why. Oh, so good. That movie Yeah, but that so kind of good. clever movie doesn't get in there. It's got too much nuance for this group. That movie is... Still, those two are my favorites of last year, and they're nowhere to be seen on this ballot. Well, it's funny because if you're going to go look at films that are have all these nominations and everything, the one that I thought was left out was The Mauritanian. Oh, yeah. And Anna Mennonite was... Well, not only that, I mean, how long has it been since Jodie Foster has been in a role like that? And she won the Golden Globe for Best Actress there. So she doesn't even get a nod anywhere, nor does the film. I felt like that was the one that really was like, you can't be serious. And again, I think it's because men would not like that film. Well, I wonder how much of that, and there's also, there's so much that goes into the advertising and the, you know, playing the the Oscar game of all of the awards, all of the people who vote, like you have to court people. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So I wonder, some smaller companies aren't built for that. So, you you know, there are a lot of movies that just get left out because they, they can't make that cut. Absolutely. So anyway, we did it in half an hour. What do you think about that, Walder? I think we could continue talking about this for another three hours and still not be done, but <laughs> I'm proud of us. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe we'll move it to Clubhouse um, okay. and we'll have a conversation. You know, it's on Sunday night. So maybe what we'll do is we'll talk about it on Monday. We'll set up a Clubhouse meeting. We'll let you all know. We'll put it up in all our social media. We hope you'll come and talk about who did win in Clubhouse. Why don't we do that? Sounds great. Okay. Enjoy, everybody. Don't forget to have a glass of wine and try to show up if you can because they're terrified no one's going to come. They're having a big party and no one's coming. Oh, my. (laughs) What a shame is what I say. Anyway, there you have it. 